0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot at what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're answering a second part to the short-term rental question from the students at Virginia Commonwealth University and their professor, Joe Ridpath. It's true that short-term rentals are attracting attention from amateur investors. The promise of higher average rent compared with the traditional unfurnished lease makes for a stronger business case. At least It might. But as with anything in the economy, you need to look at the business case through the lens of supply and demand. The informal gig economy is no different. When the barrier to entry is low, there's very little to support high pricing of the product offer. You only need to look at ride-sharing platforms like Uber and Lyft as an example. With traditional taxi service, you need to go out and buy a taxi license for thousands of dollars, and the pricing is regulated in the local market. With ride-sharing, there's no such constraints in most markets. Anyone with a half-decent car can become a driver. The barrier to entry is low. And the price paid by the client is a function of supply and demand. As more and more drivers enter the market, prices fall to the point of tolerable pain. That means all the drivers are barely making enough money to survive, and the customers get a great deal. This is the so-called race to the bottom. More and more entrants come into the market until prices fall to the pain threshold. At that point, fewer entrants come into the market, some will leave, and a rock-bottom equilibrium is reached. The same thing can happen in short-term rentals. The barrier to entry is low. Anyone can take a property that they own, buy some used furniture, and jump into the short-term rental business. Now, I'm not recommending that you furnish with low-quality furniture, but I see a lot of people doing it. The net result is a poor-quality product with poor reviews and low nightly rental rates. That low nightly rate is part of the race to the bottom. Some statistics from Airbnb's latest market report published in November show that average vacancy in U.S. properties across their entire platform was 52%. That's more than half vacant. And as a business owner, that would be a recipe for me, at least for losing money. Airbnb reports that average annual income for Airbnb hosts in the U.S. was $9,600. And the nightly rate was $182. So you can get a decent nightly rate, but you're not getting high occupancy. Airbnb also reports that 19% of hotel stays across the U.S. in 2021, a pandemic year, were on the Airbnb platform. Now, somehow there's a disconnect. This doesn't seem like a great business case to me. You see, I see it all the time. This past month, I was in Cancun, Mexico. Because of the ongoing pandemic, governments have been discouraging international travel. A current survey of Airbnb listings shows over 500 vacant units in the Cancun market right now. Reported rents, According to Airbnb, are 25% below average, but I personally suspect the current nightly rates to be even more deeply discounted. I could find numerous properties with excellent ratings renting for $80 a night in the heart of the hotel zone in Cancun with views of the water. These are really good rates. Even in nearby Playa del Carmen, another tourism hotspot, there were another 300-plus vacant listings. Many high-quality properties were only asking $50 to $60 a night. And normally at this time of year, you would expect to pay 150 to 200 a night. Now, you might try to explain this away and say that a pandemic environment is unusual. And yes, that's true. But these are real market conditions right here, right now. They point to an excess supply at this point in time during peak winter vacation season. So when we invest in short-term rentals, we want to see two very specific characteristics. We want to see a shortage of supply and an excess of demand. That's the only way to have a high nightly rate. And then the second, and this is the most important, is we want to see regulatory constraints on the market, which prevent a lot of new supply flooding the market so that that excess of demand is going to persist for a good long time. See, it's not just a question of whether short-term rentals are better than long-term rentals. You want to be viewing the market through the lens of supply and demand. Unless the property you buy is going to be 10 minutes from your house, it could be literally anywhere. We chose one very specific market Of all the markets in North America. We chose the market of Banff, Alberta. Banff is in the Rocky Mountains, inside the boundary of the National Park. On an average year, Banff National Park gets about 5 million visitors, and the town of Banff itself is inside the park. Therefore, it's subject to a moratorium on new development. Now, we found Banff itself to be a little bit too pricey, so we chose to buy in the nearby town of Canmore. It's only a few minutes outside the boundary of the National Park. Here, too, there's a constraint on new short-term rentals entering the market. It's governed by the zoning. Short-term rentals are not allowed in properties that are zoned residential, but they're permitted in areas zoned for tourism or vacation. It's the zoning code that puts a constraint on new supply entering and saturating the market. So of all the markets we researched, this one market met that criteria of having an excess of demand, a shortage of supply, and constraints on new supply entering the market. So when you look at any opportunity for any business, I don't care whether it's a short-term rental, long-term rental, real estate business, or a non-real estate business, you always want to look at it through that lens of supply and demand. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.